0: Larento. And this is the Pop Style Opinion Fest. Hello, kittens. Welcome back to another edition of the PSO. I am the t in your t Tom Fitzgerald. And I'm here with L-O-In-Your-T-Lo, Lorenzo Marquez, my lovely husband.
1: Hello. Hey. How are you, Lorenzo? Oh, fine. We're fine.
0: Oh, we're fabulous. We're coming back after the most, I don't even know, apocalyptic know. <laughs> week in America. Um, yes. Last week was the, um, March on the Capitol, which quickly turned into an act of insurrection that horrified quite a bit of us, and, um... Uh, this podcast is not really covering that stuff. It's not really equipped to cover that stuff, but I think... Um,
1: that's not what we do, but it was a crazy week, and that's why we pretty much didn't post a lot, and then we didn't have a podcast, because we just felt that talking about anything else but what was going on, um, you know, it's it just not wrong. the right it time. It felt frivolous. Yeah. It just yeah.
0: felt weird, and I know we have a mandate, and we are, are firm believers in the mandate that... Um, we should be providing people a space to go to, a, a, you know, a respite from all the weirdness in the world. But sometimes that weirdness gets so loud that uh, it leaves us kind of, you know, blinkered in response. We don't know what to do uh, in, in times like that. And um,
1: we're on the computer 24-7 pretty much, so we know what's going on by the minute. Um so it's hard to be like typing up about you know dresses and and work from home you know right right uh, when you know people are you know literally uh, storming into the you into know, the capital and, and, and causing all that beating cops to yeah, death stuff and... like that so it, it it's tough and you know you want to you you want to see what's going on and you just yeah it, uh, I, it's tough
0: I don't know if we ever told the story but it happened. Um, and I don't want to make this sound, oh, woe was us, but it was a real lesson learned in the middle of a national tragedy. We, uh, it was during the Sandy Hook uh, school shooting in 2012. We were working, and we were tweeting out stuff like we would every single day. We just hadn't gotten the news yet. And I believe some of our tweets at the time were scheduled, so we didn't even know they were going out. And um, there was we got a huge backlash on Twitter and on social media for tweeting about celebrities and fashion in the middle of a, a, you know, a school shooting where all these children were being killed. Um, again, this is not a woe is us moment, but it was a teaching moment where it's like, okay, you have to be careful about where and when you're trying to hawk your brand or whatever. And uh, during right. times of intense stress, national stress, or, um, you know, even tra- you know, tragedy, it's, it's sometimes best to sh- just shut up and sit down.
1: Right. I think uh, yes and no. I, I think there's also this mentality that we all have to be in together. Uh, uh, so if, if you decide that you don't want to look at something, uh, then you get criticized for it. Um, in general, as a publication, as a site, uh, that's a little different. Then I agree that you should stay away. And, and you know, and if you don't want to talk about what's going on right now. You
0: should take a breather. Right, I mean, exactly. which is what we did. We took a, it, we didn't stop last week completely but we did sort of take a breather and a step back um and i mean the the choice was the reality always was that come this monday which is today the day we're recording this we were going to come back to our normal selves like life has to go on work has to go on for all of us and um so i have no problem with that but yes as of wednesday last week we were like what what we're going to write about someone's you know, latest dress. I don't know that that flies right now. Right. So, and anyway. then like,
1: like everybody else, we, you know, we were watching what's going on and and, and it started kind of like bad, but not horrible. And then we continued working. And then it got to a point where I, you know, I I turned to Tom and I said, right, listen, we, we need to stop. Yeah. We we didn't Which tweet is, anything out yeah, we, we while need it to. was going on yeah, or anything. We, things are getting really, really bad. They um, and they did. And they did. And we should never forget that.
0: Yes. Um, uh, but that, of course, is not the focus of this week's podcast. <laughs> um, yes. uh, but we did want to acknowledge it. It's just, you know, it's all all year long. We've been, you know, opening podcasts with, well, I guess we need to acknowledge what happened this week. Um, that's just the reality of life in 2020 slash 2021. And this is our first podcast of 2021. So let's move on to to topics where we have a little more expertise. First up, we're going to talk about Kamala Harris's cover of uh, Vice President-elect Kamala Harris's cover for Vogue, which was released uh, online last night. It hit social media and immediately started a sort of firestorm of controversy over creative decisions made. And um, we're going to get into all that based on our knowledge of how Vogue works, what Vogue's aesthetic is. And our own understanding of Kamala Harris as a style figure, which we have talked about before, uh, both online and on the podcast, which, you know, people have asked us to cover her and we're like, no, we're we're not going to cover the vice president. That diminishes her role. We wouldn't have done it with Mike Pence uh, or Dick Cheney. So why would we do? Why would we critique Vice President Kamala Harris's clothes? But. Oh, yes. And we're also going to jump, of course, we're two queens of a certain age. We're going to jump head first into the announcement that. Um, <laughs> yes. 75% of the girls from Sex and the City are coming back. <laughs> Spo- <laughs> Maybe I should call it that. 75% oh, of alert. Sex and the City. Spoiler alert. One is going to be dead. <laughs> um, I think it would be gross if they make her die of cancer Oh, on my the show. God, yes. Wouldn't that are be awful? Me? Yes. Uh, we'll get to that. Anyway. But, yes, um, Sex and the City is coming back for a reboot with 75% of the original cast. Uh, and the reboot is called And Just Like That, which is... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. The most horrifying 90s CBS drama title. It's so awful. I can't even. But before we'll get we get into it. any of that, we need to say hello to Bombus in the new year. Uh, because if you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time, you know just how much we love our Bombus socks. I am wearing a pair Right at the moment, I'm not even lying. Me too. Uh, Bombas makes the most comfortable (laughs) socks in the history of feet. They've literally rethought every little detail of the socks we wear to make them way more comfortable. Lorenzo, I'm always going on about how much I love my Bombas socks. No, they are absolutely amazing.
1: Uh, And Tom bought me a pair of Crocs. Yes, I have Crocs now. Um, And uh, because I don't want them to get all sweaty and disgusting, so I'm wearing socks all the time when I wear them. And, of course, they're Bombas. They're the best socks. And listen, I've mentioned this before, and I've said that a couple of times, that I, I never really care for socks. But then when we start buying bombas, I was like, oh, my God, that's why you really have Put to it think. Put this
0: way, on a rare day when I'm not putting on a pair of bombas socks, I'm like, oh, I'm not wearing bombas socks. You I mean, can that, tell. That, you know there is such a difference between those days you're wearing bombas socks and the days that you're not. Uh, Lorenzo got me the holiday pack for Christmas. I love yes. them. I love them. And I already was like, do I save these and wear, wear them around the holidays? Or am I just going to wear them all through winter? And I love them so much, I'm probably going to wear right. them all through the, winter. The
1: main thing about them is that they're gorgeous. They're beautiful. Of course, the design and, and so on. But it's the support. They're yep. just, like, incredible. Uh, they really they really hug your your feet in a way that you feel comfortable. And, you you know. You feel you, supported. You feel supported. Exactly. So it's absolutely they're, they're amazing. I love them.
0: But these socks do more than keep Pete cozy. They help give back to the most vulnerable members of our community. Because for every pair of socks you purchase, Bombas donates a pair to someone in need. The generosity of Bombas customers has allowed them to donate over 40 million pairs of socks and counting through their nationwide network of 3,000 plus giving partners. And the impact is more powerful than ever to those experiencing homelessness. These socks represent the dignity of putting on clean clothes, a small comfort that's especially important right now. So give a pair when you buy a pair and get 20% off your first purchase at Bombas.com slash T-L-O. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash T-L-O for 20% off your first purchase. Bombas.com slash T-L-O. Thank you, Bombas. All right, Lorenzo. Um, okay, well, I just want to say to
1: start with the, uh, the cover of Vogue is that I think <clears throat> things got a little worse in terms of the uh, conversation and the backlash, or, or what, however you want to phrase it. It was that they, uh, they started posting pictures of the cover way before uh, Vogue magazine announced the cover. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, to a point that you talked about it, because you saw it on on, on Twitter, and I actually came to you and I said, uh, I'm, I'm not so sure these are the
0: covers yet. Um, That's why I said... Right, it's a purported cover.
1: Right, it hasn't been confirmed yet because it was such a different type of cover uh, that we normally
0: see. It didn't look like a Vogue cover. No, it
1: didn't. Um, So I was like, "Why don't I'm just going to wait until you know Vogue sends uh, the press, uh, you know, email that they always do uh, with with the images and stuff, and to make sure it is the the cover." Right, right. So I think that the backlash and the conversation started way before Vogue even. Even before people had a chance to actually look at the covers and, and read, the you know, also the article that goes with it um, and so on. Not defending, just saying that that was a, an interesting way to get started uh, in terms of the uh, conversation. I mean,
0: we kind of jumped in to talk about um, some of the aesthetic decisions that were made in that first cover. The one in which she's wearing her chucks and um, she's standing in front of the, you know, the colors of her sorority uh, the pink and green of what is it? Kappa Alpha Kappa. Yes, yeah, uh, Alpha, yeah, Alpha.
1: Alpha Kappa, Alpha Kappa, Alpha.
0: Okay, are you sure? Yes. Okay. Alpha Kappa Alpha. I'm sorry if I got that wrong. I'm very, I'm very embarrassingly white right now. Um, but um, it has an informality to it that really put people off. Um, the background is sloppy and messy looking. She's standing on a bunch of pink satin. Um, and the outfit is very informal. Her expression is, uh, just not the kind of, she has like a a grin, which you wouldn't normally see on a Vogue cover. It was an odd choice. And my initial take was, um, I don't think there was malice. I don't think there would ever be malice, you know, in terms of deliberately trying to make someone look bad. You don't put someone on the cover of Vogue and then try and make them look bad um i think there was perhaps uh, perhaps a neglectful way of thinking about it um but my original take was they tried to address who kamala is and marry that to the sort of vogue cover sensibility and what came off was weird and didn't do either of them any justice uh you you can't impose that sort of Fading aristocracy sort of backdrop on someone like Kamala Harris um, That's not who she is. Mm-hmm. She's not formal uh, She's very approachable very relatable because she's a politician. She's not a first lady um, Her her job is to get people to to get people on her side to get people to vote for her um, and so she has a very good practiced sense of informality which is why she wears trucks uh chucks on the campaign trail um that's who she is and i don't think she, i don't think vogue could have put her in a gown or put her in some sort of high end couture uh and have it be close to who she is it would have seemed weird um this is not to defend every decision made here because the cover didn't work and I think people have a right to be mad about it and to point out things like Vogue's uh, racist past in terms of who gets put on the cover. And Anna Winter's overwhelming sort of colonial, colonialist attitude, which has informed her time uh, as the editor-in-chief right. of the magazine. I'm sorry, you jump in now. No,
1: I, 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 I think because it's someone so important and it's such a, a historical moment that you know Kamala Harris is the vice president. Uh, now um so i guess people were had a, a ton of expectations very high expectations uh when it comes to have her on the cover of Vogue. because the cover of vote is important um so i think people were disappointed that it, it was kind of this blurred version of her as opposed to a more sophisticated it sit- looks like an
0: iphone picture yeah
1: i mean i guess people were expecting a more sophisticated uh look um which you know it's I don't know. I mean, if she was posing in a Oscar Laurenta gown, or it wouldn't have been her, and been in Chanel, you know, suit or something, you know, Vogue would have been criticized the same way. So it you have, or she would have been criticized. Or she would have been criticized. I think people are forgetting for a second that maybe those were her choices too. Uh, combined with the photographer. And the photographer is Tyler uh, Mitchell. He is an up-and-coming, up-and-rising He He did the Harry Styles cover, right? Yeah, he did the the uh, Beyoncé cover cover. in September 2018. And he was, at the time when he did the uh, Beyoncé cover, he was the first black photographer to ever do a photo shoot for a cover, for a Vogue cover. Mm -hmm. So that... It's amazing. And then he did Harry uh, Styles, and then now he did Kamala uh, And the stylist Kamala is Harris. black, right? Yes. The stylist is also black. Uh, she does a lot of uh, work for, for fashion magazines and, and, and stuff. Um, if you go to their Instagram account... I'm
0: sorry, what is the stylist's name? Uh,
1: her name is Gabriella. Uh, I think it's Karifa Johnson. Okay. Um, they both have... They're both very active in the community, in the black community and, and participating in a bunch of things um, uh, in, in the fashion industry and, and, and socially, uh, and they're very active people. I just um, think
0: it's worth pointing that out, um, that uh, this work was being done by black people on behalf of uh, right. this black woman. Uh, that doesn't, I'm, that's not some shield from criticism or anything like that. It's merely trying to put it in context. Because I think one of the first uh, reactions against it was that this was um, a, a, something of a racist attack on Kamala by by not making her, uh, by not giving her her due as the first female uh, vice president, first vice president of color. I'm not, it's not for me. I mean, honestly, I'm a white guy. I'm not here to determine that. Uh, I, I, I think Robin Gibbon of the Washington Post a very celebrated black fashion writer who um, always has good points about image making and the meaning behind these images. Mm -hmm. She had a very good take in the Washington post this morning, which wasn't, it cast it in a larger picture because I don't, I, I think she might agree with me that I don't think anybody meant ill by any of this. It was an attempt to do something that, that, Centered who Kamala is mm-hmm. on the cover of Vogue, and the marriage between those two things just didn't work. What Robin Gibbon said in her piece, the, the gist of it was that um, Vogue jumped straight into the informal uh, right before, sh- before she's even been sworn in as vice president. And because of the historic nature of who she is, uh, this would have been a time to embrace the formality. Right. Because she is owed that. She is owed the respect that her title and her accomplishment, in in conjunction with her identity, uh, she is owed the respect that that moment requires. And in that level, I'm like, yes, that's exactly correct. And that, I mean, my opinion. And that explains why people were so angry. I don't think, I don't think this is Anna Winter necessarily being a colonialist or being a racist. Uh, I don't put that past her. I just think this is, um, uh, they if vogue wants to put kamala harris on the cover of vogue then they need to stop being vogue they just basically need to do a formal vice presidential portrait and make that the cover um and to be fair that is what they're doing for um the digital issue the print issue has the cover that everybody hates the digital issue has her in a michael kors suit against, it's still not a great, I don't, what do you think of the second one? I don't think it's all that great.
1: I don't hate the images. Uh, listen, uh, this is pretty much, uh, if you look at Tyler uh, Mitchell's work, that's how he does his images uh, uh, most of the time. So it has a huge influence here, uh, a photographer uh, here, um, his work, the way he styled his subject matter. Um, so... It has, it's very much his work when you look at the covers. Um, and um, when we got the email from Vogue with the images and quotes and so on, they actually mentioned, let, you know, please uh, look at the uh, statement we put out. Um, and basically what Vogue said is that the team at Vogue and I'm kind of like quoting them here. Team at Vogue loved the images. They loved the images. They felt that a more informal uh, tone uh, captured uh, her authentic, approachable nature. Those, her, their words. Uh, yeah. Which we feel, their words, is one of the hallmarks of the Biden Harris administration. So that's what they were going for here. Right. For a more uh, casual, informal, uh, and in a way, more serious. Look, um, and and that's their idea. That's what they had in mind. Um, and, and I can see that in a way. It, I
0: can, but it doesn't work.
1: It didn't work because it's a Vogue magazine. It's Vogue. It's Vogue. You, uh, at you the can't end of the do day, it's informal Vogue. on yeah. the
0: cover of Vogue. And when you do it to the first black female, um, right. uh, woman of color as vice president, um, it does come off. Um, as uh you know you're you're dishonoring her in some way um even though i don't i i really don't think that was the intent but again i want to reiterate it is not my place and i'm not trying to tell anyone not to be angry with vogue or not to see racism in this in this attempt um but stylistically i just think it was a mismatch all around i just want to mention people were pointing out that uh uh Kamala was uh featured in, on the cover of Elle magazine back in September or October in a right. very very businesslike unfashionable manner. Uh in fact, I remember people on our site in our comment section complaining about the Because they hated it. because they were like she yeah. looks like she's sitting in an office chair. Right. And she probably was. Um but this is the problem. I mm-hmm. don't I understand why female-centered women-centered media wants to cover her and should cover her. But they have to, I think fashion media in particular has to understand you can't cover her like from a fashion perspective. Um, because, and I really, I'm not trying to put her down. She dresses perfectly fine, but her public persona, her public professional persona, is very basic business wear. It always has been. Um, I've said this before, she dresses like a lawyer.
1: And I think that's what Vogue had in mind here. (laughs) I do Um, too. uh, That, you know, this is how she dresses, so let's not put her in a Chanel couture dress because this is how she dresses. And I think trying to match what you are as a magazine, you know, uh, uh, what you usually do in terms of fashion with someone like like Kamala Harris, it just didn't work. Uh, And it wasn't going to go wrong either way. Uh, it's wrong this way. It's wrong to you know to have this type of cover. There's and no right way to do now. it. And it would um, be horrific. I can tell that the backlash would be even worse. If, if she, she was, was in wearing
0: a, a $30,000 yeah, gown. If she was wearing Givenchy or Balenciaga no. or anybody.
1: It would be, oh my God, I can't even... They would be counting... You know, uh,
0: It was an impossible task. And like I said, if Vogue ones are on the cover of Vogue, they need to stop being Vogue. And the digital cover is... Very unvogue like as well. It is a little bit more business-like. She's in a Michael Kors suit. But again, I feel it's notable that in order to direct, quote-unquote, dress her up, they put her in Michael Kors, which is a very approachable sort of brand. It is not some... I mean, Michael Kors is expensive, don't get me wrong, but we're not talking Chanel. It's not a luxury brand. It doesn't give off that whip of luxury or high fashion. Put more bluntly, Vogue does not normally put Michael Kors stuff on its cover. Am I wrong? Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, I think they are <clears throat> trying to bridge a gap there that makes them very unvogue-like, and they, you know, I, like I said, I I can understand why women-centered media want to focus on her, but I also feel like she still has to be a vice president, and I, I mean, vice presidents have not typically worn high fashion items imposed for magazine covers. Now, having said that, I should recognize that people like, I don't know, Dick Cheney have probably been on the cover of like gun magazines or hunting magazines or or very patriotic sorts of magazines. Um, I'm sure Mike Pence has done Christian magazine covers and that sort of thing. (laughs) I'm not being, I mean, politicians avail themselves of whatever paths they have to the public. And we've said this before, women politicians like uh, AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, that it's not wrong for them to avail themselves of fashion or beauty or that sort of, or those sorts of media in order to reach the public. Um, I think when you get to a vice president, though, it starts getting into, okay, well, because this is history making, this is an entirely different level of politician, um, of executive, um, yeah, I, you know what I mean. So I, it, I, I feel weird about her being on the cover of Vogue. To be perfectly honest, I'm not sure that's where the vice president should be. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. What were you going to say? No,
1: I, I don't have a problem with that. Um, she's an important figure, and Vogue magazine is, an, it's you know an important magazine. I agreed. So agreed. I, I think here's, here's how I see it. Uh, I. I I understand the backlash. I understand the criticism, but I'm, I'm actually, I don't think it's a horrible cover. I think it's, it's a disappointing cover.
0: That's how I would have put it.
1: That's how I put it.
0: Um, but we're two white guys completely owning this, but
1: she looks happy. I look at her and I think she looks happy. Uh, it celebrates many things, not the right way, maybe for some, uh, which is fine. Um, but I, I don't hate the cover. It could have been better. Yes. Uh, But I also think that if they went all the way to couture dresses and, you know, country houses and and things like that, like they always do, forget it. I mean, people, the country would explode. So, um,
0: so they tried with this. Vanity Fair shot her last year and they tried to do a meld where um, she was in a suit but it was a very, very fitted suit with a pencil skirt, which she almost never wears in public, and a pair of four-inch patent leather heels, uh, which, again, she doesn't normally wear like such showy sort of footwear. Um, and she looked fierce as hell, but I really did feel like it was a an attempt to sex up her basic look. And I, I, I don't think that would have been great if they had done that on Vogue, on the cover of Vogue. I just feel like... This was a no-win situation all around, except they should have just done some sober black-and-white right. sort of formal portrait and just let it be.
1: And I also want to add, because I've, I've made this point several times here, and I'm advocate for uh, women with power uh, also being interested in fashion. I think, Absolutely. I think both things can happen. And should happen. So I'm, we're not saying, or at least I'm not saying that she shouldn't be interested in fashion. But or she is. Oh, that she has no interest in fashion. This is how she dresses. This is how she likes to get dressed, and you know, and, and style herself. And that's totally fine. Right. It's a look. It's a style. Right. Um, it might not be what we expect from Vogue, and I think that's the main issue here. Um, and um, so that's the problem. And I think maybe. Uh, this is a lesson for Vogue and magazines in general. Um, You know, how they approach uh, someone like her.
0: Um, I want to say, I said this to Lorenzo before we flipped on the mics. I said the most um, probably iconic image of Kamala Harris in 2020, the one that turned into a million memes, was her in her running outfit, all sweaty, calling Joe to tell them that they won. Uh, That clip went uh, viral immediately And I think it sums up so much of who she is, like so much of, yes, this is the historic moment where she found out she was going to be vice president. She's, you know, she's all sweaty. She has no makeup on, you know, and that's who she is. So I think it's tough for Vogue in a situation like that to, to, to meet her halfway. And I think people were making comparisons, and we were too, to covers with, um, Hillary Clinton and Michelle Obama. But again, those are first ladies. Even Hillary, when she was running for president, she spent a long portion of her career as a first lady and understood how to use fashion to promote herself. Um, That was part of her her professional life going back to the 80s. But that's not true of Kamala. So, I don't know. She is who she is. Um, I think this is a lesson for Vogue as to how to um deal with high ranking um political figures when they put them on the cover of their magazine um especially when they're history making figures like that you need to pay them the respect that people are looking to see them paid am i correct
1: no i agree i mean we just we also have to remember this is not her official portrait you know like right there's there's a balance there and you know uh yeah, that was missed somehow by the magazine, by the photographer, by right, everybody right, else. Right. But I do feel that everyone involved had their best uh, intentions, I think. Yes. Um, I could be wrong. But, I mean, I know, I've you know, we've seen and we know uh, Talam Mitchell's uh, work. And it's great. And he's an amazing photographer with a great mindset, um, very political and socially active. Right. Um, he's great. He was the... Perfect person to photograph her, Um, and this is his style—this kind of blurred, you know, Instagram kind of. This is a new generation, right? Um, So maybe it wasn't fine-tuned enough, right? uh, To be great, to be a great cover, but I don't, I don't think it's horrible. I'm not going to think. No, I
0: don't think it's horrible. I think it was a misstep. That's all. Yes, I agree. Um, I I, we haven't addressed the rumor that. Anna Winter opted to release the cover against their wishes. I don't know whether that's true, um, and I'm not even here to you know defend or attack Anna Winter. It was more about the aesthetics of the image and why we didn't think it worked and what they we thought they were trying to do. So that, those are our thoughts. It, Take it no is leave tough. Them. Again, two white guys. It needs to be put out there. Um, I can completely understand uh, as a black woman or a woman of color looking at an image like that and. And being angry that it wasn't more or better.
1: Yes, I mean no matter how they did it, they would they would be faced with criticism. If they didn't have her on the cover, they would question why isn't she on the cover. Um, you know, there's there's a lot there. Um maybe, you know, they'll like I said, they'll learn a lesson here that they need to approach politicians uh, in a different way, I, uh, even I if think it's so. in a fashion way. I think so. uh, uh but, you know, make it work a little more than this cover.
0: Agreed. All right. That's our little foray into the world of politics once again. All right, Lorenzo, what do you think about the news of the oh my God. sex in the city? Well, reboot? here's the thing. I hate it. You know, we're going to wind up watching it. I don't even want to front no, on of that course one. We, of course we, we are going to watch, watch it
1: so we can criticize it. Um, I hate it. Listen, we, we kind of met, <laughs> and we dated around the time. And then, oh, we were living together. I can't remember anymore. I don't want to date myself here. But but Sex and the City, I remember you and I. It was part so- of our dating years. Yeah, well, yeah. Don't date me here. Anyway, Sex and the no, City, we watched, we watched we Sex and the City all the time together. And we used to quote the show. It was like a big thing for us. And, and a big thing for a lot of the queer a lot of people in the queer community uh it was a big show for us um so i loved the show loved it very much uh when it ended i thought it was time to end and the whole thing like i always think uh and then they came out with the movies um which which they were horrible every single one of them were horrible and there were two of them and oh two i thought it was
0: three anyway and unnecessary
1: (laughs) i thought it was ten anyway um Completely unnecessary. Uh, didn't need to go there, but that's, ruined the <clears>
0: reputation <throat> of the show. Right,
1: but that's the entertainment industry. They, they <sighs> something becomes successful, and they have to milk this until the last drop. That's how yep. they do it, which I hate. I understand it's all about money, uh, and to a certain extent, the uh, I guess the the actors or oh, everyone involved uh, in the creative process feel like I don't know obligated to continue <laughs> with that project that they had that was successful anyway. I just think that they should have killed this and then, you know, just let it go. But no, now we have. But now it's a little bit different because it's not a movie. It's a series. It's a TV series
0: on HBO Max
1: on HBO Max. It's going to be 10 episodes of Half Hour. So that's a little different. Maybe it will be. a little How is that better. different? Maybe we're
0: half-hour episodes. In <laughs> True, the I
1: know. But I'm I'm saying comparing comparing to the uh, movies. Which, oh, okay, which fine. Which were
0: horrible. Uh, um, it's not going to be called Sex in the City. It's going to be called And Just Like, like That, that. <laughs> which I just think is
1: oh my god, the worst, most <laughs> horrible know, title. I
0: know. Um, I know there was a lot of talk, immediate chatter, like, well, what the hell. Who, what are they going to talk about? Well,
1: uh, HBO Max says that it's the life and friendship in their 50s.
0: Right. And I think, you know, you need to be or oh, whatever. <laughs> I'm not here to tell people how to act, but we need to be careful in our eye rolling or whatever. There's nothing wrong with a show about mature women. No. And their lives. Um, hey, if they wanted to do it as an updated take on the Golden Girls, I would be there in a second. But I don't think that's what they're going to do. No. Yeah. Um, We'll see. And I think the problem for me is not that it's going to be telling the stories of women in their 50s. First off, I guarantee one of them's a widow. How much you want to bet? I guarantee one of them's a widow and one of them's divorced. Like, I really don't think they're all married. Um, I, I just, I would be surprised if that were the case. My issue is it is going to be a show about three very wealthy white women (laughs) in manhattan yes middle-aged white women in manhattan i'm like really is this what people want to see right now yes um like they were um aspirate like they were climbing the ladder back when the show was on the air but by the time the movies came out it was very clear that all of them were very wealthy women oh my god
1: they went to dubai are you kidding um um, and
0: yeah. now they're unless they want to do a series where they all lost their money in the economic downturn Which oh my god, that sounds that sounds like when the Brady Bunch came back and they, they were a, an hour-long drama <laughs> Does anyone remember when they did that in the early 90s? So this is what I mean It's like you're gonna do this Sort of I don't think it's gonna be a madcap take on life in the city as middle-aged women because actually I think that would probably be the best take but I don't think that's what they're gonna do I think it's going to be very touchy-feely feel-good.
1: I think it's weird, and I think it's also weird. You you suggested uh, uh, someone else to play
0: uh Oh, my God, I made a joke, and it blew up. <laughs> I said they should cast <laughs> Leslie Jones as Samantha. Because <laughs> that's the thing. Kim Cattrall's not coming back. She, she had a falling out with, with Sarah Jessica Parker. She said she would never do the role again. I don't blame her because they turned Samantha into a ridiculous Horror. caricature. <laughs> Yeah. Um, she went from a woman who loved sex to a woman who had absolutely absolutely no social boundaries whatsoever. Right. Um, and that's not fun to play. Anyway, um, so she's not coming back. So I jokingly said they should just cast Leslie Jones. And what I meant was they should... Just say that this has always been who Samantha was like not even a, not even acknowledge that it's a different actress um, But I was joking and it got back to Leslie Jones and then she oh my I, god. I know did she reply? Yeah Oh, I don't know any of that. Yeah, she replied this morning. She's oh. like, oh, you mean the the teenage witch? I'm too old for her <laughs> And I was like, no, no, I mean Samantha and Sex in the City, and then Oh it, yeah.
1: my God! I didn't um, see any of that because I'm trying to avoid social. I mean, a Twitter at the moment because it's it's out of control. It's so out of control. But but my point is that I'd I mean maybe they can cast somebody else, uh, but I don't think it works. I mean, no, Sarah Jessica look, Parker
0: was on Twitter last night. Okay, and she was dropping little hints because um, a writer for the New York Times said, "Let's let's write our own." reason for why samantha's not going to be in the show like she wanted she started mm-hmm. a thread and sjp dropped in and she's like oh i'm taking notes or whatever i think she's dead i i think they're going to acknowledge that samantha's not there i don't think they're recasting her i would be shocked no. if they did that no samantha's uh, because dead. first off i think that would come out in the announcement if like um um who were they saying who were they saying for her to replace kim control i can't remember uh but if there was some big actress who was going to step in and play that role, they would have announced it. So Samantha's written out. Yeah, she's dead or something. And she had cancer in the final season, so I, which I think would be terrible if they killed her off from cancer. I don't know. We'll see. It's starting off weird. But, and the other thing is, is Pat Field going to do the costume design?
1: Oh, right. I'm sure which she Which it
0: wouldn't be them if she didn't. On the other hand, does Pat Field know how to dress middle-aged Manhattan women? She oh. only knows how to dress like downtown girls. Right. Um, I mean, look at Emily in Paris. Right. C- I, can she really scale it up <laughs> and, and make it more mature and more settled? You know, um, I don't know. We'll see. Not really interested in meeting uh, Miranda's grown son or Charlotte's grown up daughter. But whatever. I guess they're going to be part of the show. It's yeah, I guarantee someone's husband died, though. Um, they didn't announce Chris Noth. So, I mean, I bet you Mr. Big is dead. How much you wanna bet? Oh um, my god, this is
1: depressing. It's, <laughs> it's gonna really be depressing. depressing you know, right.
0: one of their kids is gonna have a drug problem or it's like you just know <laughs> it's gonna be shit like that. Oh, um, yeah. I'm not gonna wanna watch it, but I probably will well, because we're
1: gonna get screened anyway. So they're going
0: to ruin it. these characters. Uh, but, they already did. What am I saying? They already did ruin these characters with those movies. So. Well, they
1: start shooting um late spring. That's what I that's what the uh oh, release okay. uh, really says. So they haven't started uh, anything yet. But um it's gonna be weird. Um I I can't imagine a show without Samantha. Sorry, she was my favorite character.
0: She's everybody's um, favorite character.
1: Uh loved her and I understand why um she's not coming back. I mean, you know, if you read all the stories, you know, there's always some truth to whatever is out there. Yep. Um so we'll see. Um and I and I you know, I I give uh Kim Control a lot of credit because she moved on. She did other things. Right, uh, right. She did theater. She went to. And she uh,
0: probably could have gotten a ton of money for coming right, right, back, right, right. but she, she did other didn't things. Want and then you
1: move on. Sometimes, right. as an actor, you, you you move on, and you know you don't want to do that character anymore. But some people wanted to. I mean, I mean, Sarah Jessica Parker. It's all about this character. She's been all this time. Right. Uh, and it's I understand. Her brand. I understand. It's your brand, as you said, um, and you want to continue. You know still working on this character and 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 having this character out there uh so yeah great for you it's great wonderful i'm happy for you but doesn't mean that it's successful or that people want it i can't imagine and then then it's just going to be interesting because then a lot of the, the people who never watched the show is going to be watching this series and then it's gonna, we'll say will yeah. say
0: um it won't be a series like young people aren't going to be watching it why would they who knows? Maybe.
1: I, I don't see why not. I mean, uh, yeah,
0: you're right. I don't because, think the show is popular with young people. Not the way Friends is. Uh,
1: and also because they're going to be, as, as the press release really says, it's it's going to be focused on their life and friendship in their 50s. So it's not the type of show that no. someone in their 20s would be interested in, in watching. So we'll see. We'll um, see. I, I, I don't know. The fact that it's not a movie, maybe.
0: Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Uh, anyway, um, so few of these reboots are actually worth
1: I'd never like them. Never yeah, like anything. I don't. I mean, if someone let said, it lie. I know. If someone said, well, Mad Men is going to, you know, they're going to bring Mad Men back, I would say no, absolutely yeah, not. Yeah, I would be like, oh, uh, shit, no. No. I mean, it's one of my favorite shows ever. Uh, I mean, we cover that show so to much. To death. Yes. So I, I just can't. I, 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 yeah, I understand financially, and it's all about money. People just you know, they want to make more money off of something that became very successful, but it in, yeah. Creative. I mean, it's just creatively creatively. It's, I don't know. Sometimes you just have to let something go. I agree. Anyway.
0: Anyway, I think that is it. That those are our weekly opinions on all things. We're trying to move the podcast to earlier in the week. So this was was a good way to start off this week and get it out on a Monday. Um, we're hoping to continue to do that. I don't know if it'll be Mondays, but it'll be, it'll definitely be before Tuesday or when, by Tuesday or Wednesday of each week. Anyway, until Tuesday or Wednesday of each week on um, next week, um, thank you for listening in. Yes. Thank you for all thank your thank you everyone. Thank you, Georgia. <laughs> yes.
1: Thank you. Oh yes, my God! Huge thank you. Can Georgia. you believe
0: that was less than oh a week ago? Oh my God!
1: I was in tears. I thank you guys so much. Um, all right let's stop yes. we're not supposed to be political no but thank you Georgia all right I have to acknowledge and that.
0: thank you to all the bitter kittens for supporting us and we'll be back next week with more opinions on anything that crosses our eyes or our discs until then love you mean it bye